Engage for Success Radio, raising the profile of employee engagement and shining a light on good practice for people who believe there's a better way to work. Well, hello and welcome to Engage for Success Radio and show number 398 in our weekly series. Today's topic is leading with purpose. Engage for Success is a not-for-profit movement and we're the UK's leading voice on the topic of employee engagement. We're raising awareness and running events through our area networks around the country and our topic and sector specific thought and action groups, developing research, publishing case studies and shining a light on great practice. Visit us at engageforsuccess.org to learn more and you can sign up there for our weekly newsletter too. I'm Jo Moffat, one of the regular hosts and MD and founder of Woodread. Woodread is a specialist creative agency where we use the tools, techniques and insight-led approach of the advertising and marketing world to help our clients create high-performing cultures of engaged employees. And today I'm very pleased to welcome our show's special guest, Ash Hickling. Ash is co-founder of Authentic You, and we're going to be hearing a little bit more about that and from him in a moment as we discuss how to provide a guiding sense of meaning and direction for individuals and teams to help them be at their most productive. So welcome to the show, Ash. Good to have you with us. Hi, thanks, Joe. Yeah, it's good to be here. Good to have you. And I wonder if we can kick off before we actually get into the particular topic of today's show, just with a little bit of a, an introduction to yourself. Tell us a little bit about you and your background um, and also just tell us a little bit about Authentic You as well. Yeah, so my name's Ashley Hickling. I'm co-founder of Authentic You. I was born and raised in Nottingham. Um, and then at the age of 18, moved up to the sunny or rainy spell of uh, of Manchester, where I've been for the last oh, 14 years now. Uh-huh. Originally came up here for drama school. So I did three years of acting and dancing and the like. Mm-hmm. Um, tried to pu- pursue that for some years afterwards, working in uh, bars and the hospitality arena. Um and it didn't really work out, in all honesty. Um, but from that, learned a lot of a lot of things, and uh, and it, it transferred nicely into Authentic U, um, where I run that with my friend Chris. Uh, we was raised together in Nottingham, and right. um, the reason why Authentic U came about and providing this guiding sense of meaning and direction is okay. we both had a very similar. Um, upbringing within the education system whereby it's almost built to um, get the grades that you want to get in order to be able to go to the comprehensive school you want to go to and then everything's bordered around getting the GCSEs you want to go that that you want to get in order to be able to go to the college and same again you get the grades to go to the university you want to go to and then at the end of it all it's a case of, all right, what's next? Mm. <laughs> um, and then you actually go into uh, into a corporate role or any job in particular. And it's once again, it's, it's the same behaviours of what do I need to do to go up the ladder? And it leaves you without any form of structure uh, to kind of lead by. And, and what so what me and Chris do at Authentic U is we we look to provide that meaning and direction for people to be able to, to formulate that path for themselves in order to be able to 
hit the goals that they want to achieve in order to work to an overall purpose. Um, and a purpose is not something that you should ever really want to achieve. It's something you should always look to work towards uh, and setting the right goals and having the right mentality to be able to do that. And, and through workshops and uh, 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 and actual projects with with companies that is that is what we do at authentic right okay and and so so um did your partner um chris have um you said you kept the same educational background but did, did he also do drama in manchester <laughs> or did he follow a different route no he did not do drama um he did something much more sensible he did business studies all oh, right okay. and he gained a master's from it so so between us both it, it, it helps that we although we had the same kind of educational upbringing up to a point mm. we then stretched ourselves in different fields and, and gained expertise in different areas which you know uh, merged together quite nicely for us but it's essentially all about having fun at the end of the day and, and that's the reason we've put it together to, uh, to to make a difference where people need that help and to enjoy it uh, because we've also had so many experiences of actually not enjoying our jobs which I'm sure a lot of people can relate well to. I'm sure a lot of people can relate to that for sure yeah. absolutely and and um, do you do you tend to find yourself at authentic working more with um individuals in sort of one-to-one -one, um support to help them to find their personal purpose or are you are you working more with organizations and team dynamic yeah it's, it's more to aimed towards companies organizations or teams mm. um but we do also do individual work as well um so it is quite a broad range that, that we look at it also depends on the specifics of, of what people want to get out of the sessions that we do provide or, or the programs in certain circumstances that we do provide mm -hmm. um and it's all ultimately all about what's what impact do you want to have on the universe within your lifetime? Uh, that's a big, that's an enormous question, Ash. Exactly, exactly. Um, it is a big question. It's huge. And it's how it's you, massive. How do you navigate that? People don't tend to think big picture like that. No. It's not really built into us, but through certain uh, mindset changes and behavioural changes, um, looking at that bigger picture can inform the smaller decisions that you make. Mm -hmm. And that is where the structure ultimately comes from. Uh, because I think most people feel more in control, more confident when they have that structure behind them, even if it's not concrete structure. Uh, but being able to, to build that path for yourself in order to navigate with an all-consuming purpose of the impact you want to make is, is a powerful thing. Uh, and I think a lot of successful people don't just think about the granular detail, but think about the impact from a broad perspective, which then, once again, informs the smaller decisions you make. Because ultimately, the decisions you make on a day-to-day -day basis should be from a place that you want to ultimately get towards, and it makes decision-making much easier. Yes. Yeah, Yeah. now I can see that. So, so when you talk about meaning and direction and purpose, um, are they all basically 
are they all basically the same thing are they mutually you know are they interchangeable terms what do they what do they all mean what do they, what does meaning mean to you yeah <laughs> and, all three of them kind of separated uh, a little vague uh, and non-specific whereas what we like to say is that purpose is the synergy or the togetherness of meaning and direction and you can't have purpose without both of those elements combined so for example if i was to say to you run out of the room i imagine the first thing you'd ask me is why why yeah yeah <laughs> exactly yeah. you don't have the meaning now if i back that um back that statement up run out of the building because there's a fire Mm-hmm. Well, urgency kicks in. You there have you then have the meaning and the direction to to be able to confidently get out of that building in this in this example, uh, and and that's obviously just a very small example, but essentially that is um, that is what we try and do because yeah. there's so many people that want to be successful. A lot of people want to be millionaires. Okay, fine. You want to be millionaire. That that's but what happens when you become a millionaire. Does life just stop? Okay. Do you, did you stop working? No, because there's always an overarching purpose. And there's plenty of examples um, where, where people have gone on to achieve what they wanted to. And then there's examples of depression kicking in after that, because they don't know what else to do after. What, so where to go next. Lot, yeah, so there's a lot of links there to also mental health. Um, and that if if you do feel down and there's no way out because you've not built this path for yourself in order to achieve what it is you want to achieve, then it's it can seem very daunting. So when we go back to what do you want, what impact do you want to have on the universe? But well, we all want to have an Im- impact on the universe. It could be something very small um, or something very large. But ultimately, you you want to have that impact. Is how do you do it? And this goes back to the education of, uh, you know, you leave university and it's a case of, well, what next? What next? Where do we go next? So, so Liz, I want to ask you about this purpose thing. I want to dig a little bit more into that. Yeah. Because, so, I mean, is there, are there good purposes and less good purposes? I mean, is, is for example, saying um, our organisational purpose is to make shed loads of money so that we can pay ourselves massive bonuses, is that a less good purpose than a purpose which is you know I want to um, create a great work life balance for my people and a contribution to the community in which we are you know is there is there a kind of ranking of good purposes and bad purposes well first of all the purpose is specific to the person or to the company or whatever the individual um so no there are there's no such thing as necessarily as good purpose and bad purpose but sometimes we do get mixed up between what's a goal and a purpose because if you're say to make as much money as humanly possible and, and that's your company's purpose i'd argue that's a byproduct becoming an extreme you know amazon didn't become as big as they are because they they, they wanted to become the biggest uh, the, the, the you know the most successful company in the world what they wanted to do is to uh, in apple's case for example they wanted to compete against the status quo and, they, and they've done that in so many different areas so rather than it 
and then the money off that has become a byproduct of it because becoming a millionaire, which is a lot of people's kind of goals, everyone wants to be comfortable and well off, it makes sense. But people become millionaires. What's next? So I'd argue that wanting to become a millionaire is, is a goal. It's not a purpose um, because you can achieve that and life still goes on. Um, it's what's the impact you want to make and most importantly, why? Do you mm. want to have that impact? Because that's where all the detail is. Mm-hmm. And, when, mm-hmm. and when people can, can really analyze the detail and take that time, which, we've, which we rarely do, in all honesty, life is busy, it's stressful, there's a lot of things to do. But taking that step back and analyzing why did I do that specific action or why do I want, why did I do this? Why do I want to achieve that? That gives you all the detail and the more you analyze that, the more in control you are of your own destiny. Mm-hmm. Interesting. We we talk. I mean, p- purpose is is a is a big topic on on you, you know you you look at a lot of um, content on LinkedIn and Twitter and yes. white papers and management consultants and you know everyone's talking about purpose and in fact within our own Engage for Success movement, we talk about the four enablers of an engaged workforce. And the first enabler is um, having a uh, um, visible and empowering leadership who can tell a a, a strong strategic narrative about where the organisations come from and where it's going, which is kind of a shorthand for being able to articulate its its purpose. So, you know, it's it's out there all the time. But how do you see it working in businesses? I mean, are people... Is there an awful lot of lip service paid to the mm-hmm. to the word, or or do people get it and really um, approach it with with a degree of rigor? I think people get the ideology behind it. They they understand how it can increase engagement, um, how it can benefit individuals in certain areas to to help with productivity within their company Uh i think the biggest issue and it comes to your point of lip service and i do believe that purpose is a bit of a buzzword at this point in time no matter how positive it is Mm. um, it is a bit of a buzzword a lot of companies are putting value statements together and uh mission statements etc the issue that happens that that we found at Authentic is people do all that hard work, they put the mission statements together, they 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 tell the company and the world about what their purpose is. The problem they have is then having their company take ownership of it. And that's where it comes to a standstill. There's so many big companies out there that have these great purpose statements and, and a real mission but they can't engage their their employees behind it. Why uh, do you think that is, Ash? Why, how, why can't they? What, what, what are they failing to do that they should do? Um, it's a good question. I think it's about how to engage and ultimately the reasons for having these mission statements, for example, is it needs to come from high up because unfortunately, the, the people on the ground level, although they can have an influence on it, it has to be led and breathed by the, the, the senior management team because it then becomes a pyramid and it floats down through the organization. So a lot of the lip service is actually coming from high above 
which then when it gets down to ground level where you really want to get the engagement from it, it, it falls to pieces. Um, so the senior leadership need to actually live and breathe the purpose statement. And I think that's where it falls down a lot. And I think it then also comes to a bit of a culture clash that we're having uh, side by side that of people that understand it's a, it's a great thing, but they don't really completely 100% get why it's a great thing. So, so your purpose statement, for example, could be, we want to make the world a safer place. And that makes sense. Uh, why would you not want to make the world a safer place? But um, Mr. Smith or Mrs. Smith, uh, who's a, a salesperson on, on the ground level, she doesn't, she doesn't understand or he doesn't understand why why they want to make the world a safer place. So how can they then engage with that properly? So that's where you have to come together. You have to do networking sessions internally. You have to put group sessions on and you have to educate the workforce in order to engage them. If you can explain the reasons why this is an important message for your company and what you want to achieve out of that, then the money comes as a byproduct, but then you get ownership of that purpose throughout the organization so then you become accountable based on your purpose based on your on your uh, value statements uh, and it's all combined but you have to put the effort into the workforce in order to see uh, the benefits because just doing a purpose statement by itself is lip service in itself yeah no it's like having a poster on the wall with your values isn't it and not actually exactly. living them through your behaviors but so is it is it simply about educating and, and communicating better with your people or do you see um a role for people for employees to play in actually shaping that purpose oh absolutely i think it has to come i think everybody has to be involved in it now i think that the senior management team have to take ownership of it because that's important they're the ones that can ultimately have the, the the biggest impact on its implementation or whether it drifts off or the momentum that, that carries on with it so mm. senior management is very important however if you if you can get the engagement from the rest of the employees in the companies or the organizations then that's where it takes a life of its own so when people do value statements you, you'll see a lot of the same words accountability courage innovation these buzzwords you see them on on the walls of every single uh, company reception that you go into and they're all the same but but the power is in why you have picked those words what do those words mean to you and and what separates you from your competitors because chances are you're doing something very similar and chances are you'll probably have a very similar value statement if you've not done the work to to know why you've picked courage what is it that you value so much about courage because if you do truly value courage then 
your employees should be accountable for that. So if your employees are courageous enough to be able to go to their line manager and pitch a project that they think will be beneficial to the company, well, then that's in line with the values. But just saying courage for the sake of saying courage, because everyone wants courageous people within their business, it's not going to work. It's just going to feel like lip service. So that's why you really have to put sessions on. You have to educate the workforce and go, we've picked courage because we empower you to bring your suggestions, to live and breathe this company so it can benefit all of us. And we want your courageousness to be able to come up with these ideas for the betterment of everybody. And I mean, that's just an example. Mm, but that mm. sort of example allows people then to, to take ownership of it and yes. actually make decisions and actions based on that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Tell, tell me, Ash, what's been the um, the impact of the last, where are we now? June, we're nearly in July, aren't we? The last sort of 16 months that we've been living through in, in, in the business world. I and mean, there's, again, purpose has kind of come to the fore a lot um with 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 what's been going on around covid and some organizations have had very clear-cut and very obvious purposes um that have become very apparent um during the course of the last uh, last year or so and what's been the impact do you think on this discussion and and this approach i think it's probably quickened things up with with i don't know if you want to call it a movement or whatever it might be Uh, but i think it has quickened the pace because i think working from home has allowed for greater flexibility. Mm-hmm. And with that greater flexibility, people start prioritizing the things that are meaningful to them. Whether whether prioritizing is is um, I don't know, reading a book on your on your lunch break or it's actually working longer. Um, whatever it might be, um, it's allowed for greater flexibility. And with the management setup, I do feel like there's a culture clash between um, your managers that like to control and you kind of put them in like a, a micromanagement bracket who are all over you day after day of have you done this have you hit this deadline where are we with this and because we're all working from home now you don't you can't have that control as a manager it's impossible um, i can go i can make a cup of tea and there's nothing you you'll never know so with that managers have had to step back a little bit and trust their employees, that they are working, that they are being productive and proactive with their approach and work. And with that type of mindset comes that greater flexibility. Um, so I think that's been the biggest take for then people to go, right, this is kind of a new way of working. What I think now is important for companies is with this new way of working is how do you continue to engage the workforce with your values and the purpose that you have as a company Um, and that is the tough part but there are there are ways to overcome it yeah yeah can you share any of those with us (laughs) well keeping up regular engagement ultimately Uh, however that looks feedback sessions is important Um, a lot of companies are still doing this Um, but Putting people, putting your people first is always going to be the best bet for you. If, if there's one takeaway from this session, if you're a manager or in a position of influence, put your people first because they will make your life so much more easier. 
mm-hmm. if you're working in collaboration. Mm-hmm. Yes, for sure. Okay, so let's let's assume that someone's listening to this and they're thinking, actually, you know, I, I've been a bit late to the party here. I I think we need to um, proactively work on our purpose. And, and actually, this is a good time to start thinking about my purpose because our business is in a state of flux. Um, we're looking at our workplace and the sort of hybrid workplace and our relationships with our people are in a, a, a changing. So perhaps now is as good a time as any to think about how do we um, really redouble our efforts for success post pandemic. So I'm going to sit here with a blank sheet of paper. Um, and let's say I'm a member of the senior leadership team of a you know, medium sized organization, medium to large sized organization. Um, I'm sitting here with a blank sheet of paper. Where do I begin, Ash? I think it all starts with, from internal. What do, what do your employees say? Mm-hmm. Speak to your managers. What, what, challenges are they facing how did they think they could improve it i mean it's uh, that's if you're starting from scratch it's literally the basics of collectively getting all of your heads together mm-hmm. having those conversations about how you can improve but listening to the people so many decisions get made from above without taking into consideration people uh, lower down the chain. But that is the life force of the company. It's not the senior management. It's the people that are grinding day in, day out that can see collectively the 360-degree picture. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. senior leaders are too busy to have that, and rightly so. So you have to lean on the people below you. And together, come up with a plan in which you can look to improve and better develop uh, the employees uh, and therefore the company in whole. So again, actually that plays, again, I I touched on our four enablers that engaged for success earlier on in this, um, on this show. And the third one, um, as you're, I'm sure be aware is employee voice. And it's recognizing that actually it's not employee voice, listening to employee voice isn't about running surveys. um, However often you may do it, it's actually more strategic than that and recognizing that actually very often Uh, your people have got the answers your people who are working in the business and on the business and at the front line of the business have got the ideas and the innovation and the ways to improve things Um, if we would only find a way to ask them and if we would only find a way to actually not only ask them but listen to Mm -hmm. the ideas and the suggestions that they have um, and uh, and and perhaps sometimes listen to things you don't want to hear as well. Exactly, that's very important. Yes, uh, the iPod wasn't designed or thought of by Steve Jobs. You know, it was one of his employees, and yeah. uh, that, was, that was a success. Yes, yes, absolutely, absolutely. So, um, how do you, you know we're we're in a world where people are sort of dispersed now? So, how do we do all this? Do we do it? Do we, do we run virtual workshops? Is that how we go about it, Ash? Well, I think the whole engagement process from an organisational perspective needs improving. Mm-hmm. Um, we currently have uh, AuthentiQ, a design that, that we're doing to bring a platform to market to help with engagement. Oh, yeah. um, we're, ju- we're just waiting to, to get the finished draft back um for oprs for example oprs are i can't say that they're all done badly but they are 
antiquated, yeah. <laughs> um, but it's a great start. OPRs, um, once a quarter, you'll sit down with your line manager, you'll have a, a chat. Um, you know, you'll probably put the, that chat and some goals into a piece of software at your company. And then three months will go by. You, you won't have done anything to do with those those goals. You you won't even remember them going into your next OPR. Uh, and this is, this is a fundamental issue within companies. So, I mean, I've worked for, for massive organizations who keep pushing the whole engagement piece. You know, we, we, we want to hear back from our people and um, we want to do this, we want to do that. But the OPR process is the foundations for building on all of that. And, and if you're not going to listen to your people on a quarterly basis and put structure in place for them to grow or develop, then how are you going to be able to do these other things that you're looking to do? So the OPR process is a great start for many companies to start improving and having a look at that process. And actually, how are you measuring these goals that, that you've put in place at, at your company? Are they being measured or are they just a big tick boxing exercise, which I believe in most circumstances they actually are? All right. So if somebody's listening, we've got one minute left, Ash, one minute left to, to the end of the show. Someone's listening to this thinking, oh, holy, whatever. Um, I think we're, we are guilty of ticking boxes here. Um, that's, that's where they need to start, yes? With yeah, certainly looking from within. I mean, uh, they can always ring Authenticube, obviously. But, uh, <laughs> obviously. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, look for, look within, first of all. Look at the processes you've currently implemented regarding engagement, OPR processes. Are you actually helping the employees out or are you using it as a box to connect exercise? What are you actually doing with the information that you are gathering, uh -huh. I suppose, is, is a good way of starting because because that's a great way to start helping your employees and then ultimately your business because the employees will feel engaged more by being listened to as a byproduct. Excellent. Lovely. Well, that's a good place to close. Um, thank you very much to today's special guest, Ash Hickling, co-founder of AuthenticQ. And thank you for listening. And we will see you at the same time next week. And don't forget, you can download or stream any of the great shows from our archive at any time. Thank you and goodbye. Engage for Success Radio, raising the profile of employee engagement and shining a light on good practice for people who believe there's a better way to work.